With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome back to the Hot Links Golf Gambling Podcast. I'm here with an old friend, a sportsbookreview.com handicapper of all sports, but a specialist at golf. He actually got me into golf betting, so I owe you uh, a lot. But Eston McLaren, welcome back to the Outkick Bets Podcast. Thank you, Jeff. Pleasure to be here, and yeah, glad to have turns you into a serious golf better. Um, welcome to the bright side, you know, uh, football, NFL, especially gets obviously all the attention. Uh, you know, why, why is anyone betting minus one twenty one ten spreads all the time? We can uh, catch some plus 2000 and higher outright winners on the PGA tour. And we're going to do that this week. <laughs> that is beautifully well said. Yeah. Uh, you're pretty much my golf betting pusher, man. Like I am, this is pretty much my main focus currently like I don't like betting any other sport more than golf you guys have obviously heard me say that a lot recently and I'm going to continue to say it because the minus 110s are so boring like you just if you haven't if you haven't done that and you're still like kind of tossing around the idea of golf betting there's really nothing cooler than hitting one of these huge outrights like it's the best yeah, I, I don't care how confident you are in that minus 110, minus 115, minus 105, what have you. That's not getting me out of bed in the morning. That's not rushing me to open up a, an app or go to a new website. Um, yeah, uh, that's all well and good. And people make some money that way. I'm not here to do that. We can we can catch winners on the PGA Tour and have something to really celebrate on Sunday evening. Yeah, and it's a four-day sweat. It's awesome. Yeah, and you know what? I, I don't care about bad calls leading to a bad beat for you, buddy. Roy McIlroy lost a golf tournament last year because a fire truck drove in front of him on the tee deck. Uh, no, that that's the bad beat I'm here for. Uh, let's let's deal with that sweat instead. Yeah, how about how about John Rahm at the Genesis hitting it into the stands and then getting I don't know some relief. I'm not really sure the ruling on yeah. that, but. You know, uh, you know, wasn't blaming any officials, wasn't uh, no officials to thank, you know, just, you know, play the balances uh, that you get. Those are the rules, I guess. No, but like jokes aside, my favorite part of betting golf is there's less official uh, fuckery for better way of putting it. Right. I mean, like you can get a back break in defensive pass interference that just completely ruins your bet. You don't really get that in golf, aside from that one fire truck thing. Yeah, now that they've mostly done away with the people at home phoning in over rules violations, you know, they the tour kind of put a stop to that. Patrick Reed leaving for a different tour kind of helped alleviate that as well. But uh, yeah, uh, as you say, um, certainly not a concern here. We just got to deal with weather and you know um, unruly fans at certain golf events. I'll tell you what we're concerned with. That's the fourth elevated event here on the PGA Tour, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, which tees off Thursday, March 2nd at Bay Hill Club and Lodge in Orlando, Florida. It's the second of the Florida Swing. Par 72 that plays at 7,400 yards. Um, It's your standard par 72, four par threes, four par fives, 10 par fours. It's got fast and firm greens with Bermuda grass. Um, It's the toughest course, one of the toughest courses on the tour outside of the majors. Uh, Scotty Scheffler is the reigning champion. Of course, he's back to defend his title. He won last year at minus five with plus 2,000 odds. 
Uh, me and Essen were just talking about how you can cash plus 2,000 winners by betting golf. The average odds of the last five Arnold Palmer Invitational winners are plus 2,500. That's kind of where I think I'm going to end up betting a lot of like the, the four or five guys I end up taking. Um, the average winning score is 10 under par, even though Scotty Scheffler is minus five last year. The average cut line is three over par. That just kind of speaks to how difficult this course is. Um, I got a lot of golfers to discuss, so I'm not going to do any more golf prep stuff or uh, course intel. We'll just kind of weave that in as we go along here. Um, I haven't even made any official bets. I'm nervous, dude. I'm <laughs> I'm nervous, man, because I'm sitting here coming up with all these different justifications for not betting John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, and Scotty Scheffler, and one of those three are probably going to win this tournament. They're, you know, like I and it, the, the worst thing about let's say John Rahm specific, specifically, John Rahm is probably going to win this tournament and have a plus three opening round, and you're going to be like, oh, okay, cool, and then. Round two, first holy eagles, and you're like, oh shit, here we here we go. And uh, Rory McIlroy has the strongest Arnold Palmer uh, course history. He won it, I think, back in two oh, 2018. I have it right here on my sheet. Again, Scotty Scheffler, one of the hottest golfers on the tour, world number two, is the reigning champion. I know you have a look in one of these favorites. Why don't you just just rip the bandaid off? Tell tell us how my heart gets broken this week. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it there. Obviously, one of the winners is going to come from these three. One of these three won last year. Uh, another one won recently. And the other one has won every event uh, this season, really. Um, and, you know, it's a shitty time to be a golf better uh, because there's no profits, right? You can bet three, five guys a week. Then John Rom goes and wins at plus 650. It's a fine time to be a golf handicapper. It's a fine time to be doing this, you and me, because you know what? We're not dummies for not recommending betting on John Rom at plus 650. So if our plus 2000 pick doesn't win, ah, that's fine. John Rom won, whatever. It, it, it wasn't a smart bet. Uh, you know, obviously, we're getting to the point where plus 650 probably is a smart bet on John Rom. But no, I'm looking at Roy McElroy this week. He's my. Number one favorite pick. Uh, he's as high as plus 1,000 out there. I would target that number. I've seen as low as plus 900, 950 is floating around. Uh, I think the general consensus goes down by Thursday morning. Once we get a little more public action, we have the Sharps betting golf early in the week. The public pours in on Wednesday, Thursday. That's when you're going to see the flood toward the top three in this field of Ron McElroy Scheffler. And that's when their odds are going to go down. You're going to get some value higher up in the field. That's how the first couple elevated events went. That's what I see happening again here. So I'm going to bet Roy McIlroy. Uh, I bet him first thing Monday. Here's my first click at plus 1,000. And that's a little higher than he should be. As you said, he's the course darling here, uh, a horse for this course, if you will. Uh, and you know, a previous win followed by a T6, followed by a T5, followed by a T10 and a T13 last year in an event that was kind of derailed by weather on Sunday. We saw a lot of the big names uh, shoot really high Sunday scores. So, you know, hopefully we have a little more steady conditions. I think Friday is supposed to be the bad weather day this year. So hopefully we get a little bit better playing field this year. And, you know, Roy McIlroy, again, the, the course darling sweetheart here at Bay, well, Bay Hill and for, I don't know if you watched Netflix's Full Swing, Jeff, anyone who did, uh, you know, it wasn't really new information for a golf fan, but you did see how much this whole PGA Tour versus Live Golf thing means to Rory and how he's pretty much put PGA Tour on his back through all of this. He's one who helped develop these elevated events, first and foremost. And then we saw him come from way back to win the Tour Championship last year against John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler. Uh I'm seeing this week Arnold Palmer's event be kind of a similar tentpole event for him, one that he takes a little bit more seriously, one that he's not just winning for himself. He's winning for the good of the PGA Tour, the good of golf, really. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this matters to Roy McIlroy. And if you, we want to get into the stats, 
You know, he's in the top 10 in the PJ Tour this season in strokes gained off the tee, strokes gained approach, uh, par five scoring. He's always among the leaders uh, in the entire golf world and birdie your better percentage as well. He can score with anyone, uh, especially this course. And plus 1,000 because of the play of those other two guys, that's value on Maury McElroy in an event where, you know, you wouldn't regularly say that no matter how strong it is. Yeah, I mean, we don't have to get in the stats because you could just take it from us. Rory McIlroy does really well in all of them. <laughs> you know, he's I, I use fantasy fantasy nationals uh, model tools. Rory's first on my model. He's second in my stats. Eighth trending. First in course history. Second in com courses. First in strokes gained tee to green at difficult long courses. Thirteenth in windy weather conditions. I mean. He's the goods. He's world number three, two, whatever, for a reason, and the second, the second favorite for a reason. And it's chalky, but if you wanted to go him, Rom, or Scheffler, what am I going to say? Right? I sit there and I, I, you can't really. There's the, the funnest thing about handicapping and betting golf is you can't really ridicule any pick. Like it, they all can kind of get home, you know, for the for the most part, right? So like. I can't sit here and knock anyone for betting one of these three guys because they are they are the goods. Um, so in my model, uh, Rory's one, Rom's two, Scheffler's four, Jason Day is three. Now here's the, I, I know you just made that look. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, you got me into golf gambling, Eston, right? And so. I'm one of the few golf gamblers that really hasn't been hurt by Jason Day. This guy was the best in the world, 2015, 2016, right? And me parachuting into golf gambling, the feeling that I got is that everyone's hesitant to call this like his return, his comeback, because he's cost a bunch of people money over the last four years. I don't have that experience. Maybe this is my first time, right? Maybe Jason Day blows up in this tournament. But this guy has been killing it. He pops all over my model regardless of how I set the filters or adjust it, right? Like the lowest part he ranks is in the stats model essentially, which is he's 15th in my stats model out of the 120 golfers in here. So that's the worst that he's doing. He's fourth in trending, fifth in course history. What did he win it in 2016, I believe, as part of like his just nuclear 2016 um, year where I think he became world number one since he's dropped outside of the top 150 at his like absolute lowest. He's been, again, killing it lately. He's finished T18 or better in seven of the nine of his last nine events. He's finished finished T9 or better in three straight. And again, I'm just not, I haven't been hurt by Jason Day. And I I think I need to, right? Like we talk about, I talk about, this is like a new thing that I talk about a lot is win equity. This guy has it, right? 10 time uh, PGA Tour winner. He's a a former major champion. He's won the Honor Palmer. And if he's back, this is the best price we're getting for him, right? Like if he goes, if, let's say he finishes top 10 or top five, like we're, Jason Day is now back in there with Will Zalatoris, Justin Thomas, Colin Marikawa, where it's like right now they have like, there's like sports books that do the top nine versus the field and he's not in it. It'll be top 10 if this guy gets a, a, a top five here at Arnold Palmer. So Again, maybe, maybe, maybe it's just my time to be hurt by Jason Day, but he just he has all the skills, right? He has the 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 major quality game, if that's the way you want to put it. Like, he doesn't struggle in any facet. I mean, when it comes to like these tough events, a lot of times short game and putting differentiates the winners. And this guy's nails on the on the on on, on uh, Bermuda Green, so. He did well in my model. I tried to configure in a bunch of ways to get him out of there because, like, I don't want to do this. I, I've heard too many horror stories about betting Jason Day, but I don't know, man. I, I've kind of beaten a dead horse. What do you have pushback? What are your thoughts on Jason Day? Not really a pushback. I agree. He's playing good golf. 
uh, you know, really all year, all season going back to the fall, um, you know, and, you know, I'm a fan of Jason Day. My defense will be I have been hurt before, so I don't need to run back to that. I'll, I'll let you have your experience and, you know, see if you learn any lessons. Uh, but I, I served that my time on the Jason Day bandwagon. Um, a couple of pretty big masters bets on him back in back in his peak, his heyday. Uh, that obviously did not pull through. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to avoid Jason Day this this week and in the outright market. Uh, again, like given his current form, the plus three thousand even in this field isn't bad. Uh, you know, the world ranking hasn't quite caught up to where his current form right now is. So. Yeah, we, we are getting value there. Uh, but no, uh, it's not an outright bet for me. Um, you know, I'd look maybe to the best rest of the world markets, that sort of thing. Uh, best Australian. I think the Australian field this week is probably uh, a little bit Adam Scott's here, but probably the only other real competition for him. Now, like Cam, Skip, Cam Smith is on a different tour, but yeah, I... I'd go top rest of the world if I'm betting Jason Day, but I, I'm not going to fault you. It's just uh, been there, done that. Um, don't need to do it again for me. Well, I think you're aware. If not, I'll just remind you of my betting approach. Right, I'm probably going to put like a quarter unit on him to to win. I'm going to hit him harder in top five, top ten. His top twenty odds aren't that great, so I might just stick there. Um, you know, in case like. Rob Scotty or Rory wins this, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get some money out of this, right? Because that's how I'm playing this tournament. A little sprinkles on these outrights and hitting them harder for top five, top ten, because it's more realistic those cash than 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 one of the non top three winning. All right, well, what else do you have on your card? Dude, hold on real quick. I have I could make like twenty bets in this one. <laughs> like I don't yeah, I don't I know. Mean- these elevated fields, this is the third uh, so far. We have the WM Phoenix Open, one by Scheffler, Genesis, one by John Rahm. You don't um, you don't count the century, right? Because it's like a it, – it, technically, it's a bigger prize pool but and an elevated event, but I think what it's like a 50-person tournament or something like that. Yeah, yeah, just because of the small field yeah. and you know, the Hawaii events, I kind of try to yeah. turn my nose at those. And, Th- third full field elevated event, we'll call it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Sure. Thank you. Um, but yeah, like this is the only one we're guaranteed to get all these top guys, right? Like we still have guys skipping the century because it's in Hawaii, this place on the schedule, it conflicts with several, uh, top flight DP world tour events. So yeah, uh, this is the third where we have essentially the same field and we're going to have this exact same field again next week for the players championship. And then again, the masters will probably be the next time. Right. So yeah. Uh, and the first two went exactly how everyone wanted them to go. We got the person who won was became number one in the world the the day after. Um, you can't ask for more than that. And you know, it, this is what makes golf fun, right? We had the the Honda Classic this week or last week, and got to see Chris Kirk dunking in the water and sticking behind a tree and still pull out a victory over a guy who. <laughs> had never played on the PJ tour before. Uh, and then this week we have the Puerto Rico open. If you prefer bad golf and live golf isn't playing this week, so you can uh, watch the Puerto Rico event, uh, the same thing there. So yeah, uh, you know, th- these events are fantastic. And again, to hark on it, you know, you're, you're not wrong. You're not dumb. If you want to bet one of these top three favorites, the obviously you look at the Osborne plus 650 plus 900 plus 900, and then number four is all of a sudden a jump up to plus 2000. And hey, that just happens to be two-time major winner, Colin Morikawa. Uh, you know, that that gives you an indication of how dominant these top three are right now uh, against this, you know, the this is the best second tier of golfers we, we could possibly have, right? No one's skipping this event because of how big the purse is. Uh, so that's where I'm stuck with my next, my next pick is that second tier. And this is a chalky, trendy, heavily talked about pick. Everyone that make golf picks is on this guy this week. Will Zalatoris at plus 2,200 is my pick. Uh, he was briefly as high as plus 4,500 for the Genesis Invitational two weeks ago. Uh, closed at plus 4,000, I think, once the, the money came in on him. That was a big result of concerns over a back injury that lingered uh, that forced him to withdraw from the FedEx Cup playoffs last year after he won his first PJ Tour event. He didn't even play in the WM Phoenix Open, 
even with the big prize purse uh, because of this back injury. And then he showed up to Genesis and finished uh, top 10. So yeah, it was know, amazing. Uh, yeah. Will Zell's horse is back. Uh, I'm ready to call that. And this is a course that suits him well. Um, if he can get proper weather draws, I don't really trust him as much as some of these other biggest names this week in the in the bad wind or if things take a turn for the south i i don't really believe in him to battle through those conditions yet but if this is a manageable weather week and this is just a tough golf course and a tough field i'm all over goes out Paris because we've seen him compete in pretty much every single major he's ever played at least in the u.s uh yeah, uh, he's fantastic. I'm not concerned about the injury at all. Uh, only one PJ Tour win to his name thus far. I don't really care about that because he's not a guy who's played the Puerto Rico Open or the Barracuda Championship a whole bunch and picked up his first wins there. His first win came in the middle of the FedEx Cup playoffs against the top names in this field. Uh, you know, plus 2,200 for him. Uh we're only getting that because, again, the top three names in this field and the form each of them are in. Uh, but plus 2,200 for Will Zalatoris in this. He's the seventh-ranked golfer in the world. Uh, he's, you know, eighth, ninth by the consensus odds. Uh, that's absolutely worth a bet to me. Yeah, he's fifth on my model. Um, and he won the FedEx St. Jude's Championship first round of the PGA Tour at the TPC Southwind, which is notable because it's one of – the top five courses on tour where balls are hitting to the water hazard. So he's obviously really good at navigating water, right? I mean, uh, or getting around the water hazards. The one issue or not the one issue, the one could be weakness on the game on his game could be driving accuracy, but that's probably based on him just like just crushing the ball off the tee, not worried about water, right? You throw water in there, it's like, all right, I'll be accurate today type thing. So I I don't hate the Will Zalatoris look. I was kicking myself for not betting him um, at the Genesis because it was just the logic you already talked about. Why are you skipping an elevated event with $20 million price pool? Like your back can't be good, right? Then he comes through and just crushes the Genesis. Like, all right, Damn it. I missed my opportunity. Damn it. Like that would have been a sick top five, top 10. I think he was top five, definitely top 10. Um, so I don't hate that. It, look. it was fourth. Yeah. My, my apologies. Yeah. Generally in the fourth against these guys. Yeah. And like, this is a tournament that stacks up well for him because what I think he was top five and three of the four majors last year. If these course conditions are tough, if the winning score is minus seven, minus eight, you can close your eyes and see Will Zalatoris at the top of that leaderboard, right? Like he's just got an all world major fitting game. So I do not hate that look. I, I don't, I can't get to the window with him right now, but he's definitely in my consideration you brought up something that pushed me towards my next pick, which is Colin Marikawa, one of my guys. I'm picking Marikawa. Spoiler alert, I'm taking Sung JM, two of my guys. I honestly might need to check myself into rehab. I'm addicted to betting on Sung JM. I cannot help it. And I actually stayed away from him at the Honda. And he was kind of weak at the Honda last last year or last week, and he was kind of weak at the Honda last year, and he came back and had a decent performance at the Arnold Palmer, had an awesome season last year, and I'm expecting that at a Sung Jam. We'll talk more about him in a second. But Colin Marikawa, so the tee times are released. He's, I think he's with Rom and maybe Homa tomorrow in the afternoon. Friday, he's in the morning. One of his weaknesses I mean, he's 39th in this field in strokes gain and windy weather. Is that weak? Can he can he get around windy weather? Sure. Do I want him in windy weather? No. So the best way, what I'm hoping is that the wind doesn't pick up until the afternoon Friday, and his he's done by then. That's what I'm kind of hoping here. And again, in this tough tournament where you can make a quality argument for all these guys, I think that's enough to nudge me in the direction of Marikawa. He's been more accurate off the tee than the field in 10 straight full field events. Bay Hill has really, really long rough, right? So I want my guys hitting their second shot out of the off the fairway, right? And that's that's Colin Marikawa. 
um, in good drives, which is a blend of distance and accuracy, he's number one in this field. He's the seventh best ball striker in this field. Long irons are going to be a thing here because of all the water, right? They're going to look at the water and be like, you know what? I'm going less than driver. I'm going to lay up a little bit and I'll try to stick it from 200, 225 out. There's very few people in the world better at that than Colin Marikal, right? The the putting struggles are well known. It's baked in. That's kind of why I'm expecting him to lose eventually and hope that the top five, top 10 get there. But in terms of ball strike and in terms of greens and regulation, included in terms of like long iron play, in terms of course history, I think it was T9 here the other uh, a couple years ago. In terms of trending, like Marikawa is as good as a pick as any outside of the top three. So I'm going. I've I've lost two straight tournaments. I got to get back to my baseline. Got to get back to my dudes. Colin Marikawa is one of my dudes. So. He made my he made my my bet slip. Any thoughts on that, or do you just want to get into your 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 next one? No, I touched on it briefly earlier, but Colin Morikawa was the best value in this field because he's the guy who's fourth on the odds board. Uh, you know, the, again, top three have it suppressed at the top, and then we have a two time major winner at plus two thousand plus twenty two hundred. So yeah. Uh, Go ahead and bet Colin Markawa. Uh, anyone who's listening really is a T9 finish here in 2020. All the stats you say, uh, you know, he won a major, he won an open championship. He can play and win. Uh, obviously, he doesn't have the same water concerns uh, in, in the open championship, but you know, that, that that's fine. Uh, I have full faith in Colin Markawa on any golf course. And yeah, the, the number's a little, little ridiculous this week. And, you know, he's, his last win was in 2021, but that win just happened to be a major. Uh, so, you know, we, we're not at the point where we're writing off Colin Morikawa at 25 years old or whatever he is. So, yeah, uh, cannot criticize that bet at all. Yeah, when he gets ran down in two tournaments by John Rahm, it's like, all right, how much am I going to hold that against him? Like, I had him at the Century. That sucked. <laughs> right? I had him at the Genesis. That wasn't fun. But... He backdoored a top 10, almost backdoored a top five at the Genesis by going four under in the last three holes. So it's like I was texting my buddy at the time. It's like, great. The guy just locked me into a master's bet. How can I quit him? He just made me money. He tried for two days to not make me money, and then he then he made up for it in the final three holes. So I'm on yeah, Mark Cowell I- here. Exactly. And again, you know, no, no suggested pick on Colin Morikawa this year has been bad because John Rom just won. So nothing anyone can do about it. Who's the next guy on your board? I got two more and I got a bunch that we can talk about, but, but definitely two more. I got to bounce off of you. Yeah. I'm happy to talk about anyone here. Uh, my next bet, my third bet, um, probably my last outright bet this week. I'm going to drop all the way down the odds board here. Uh, I'm absolutely stunned that we have to drop all the way down the odds board for this guy, but sandwiched between uh, Ricky Fowler and Keegan Bradley, who, you know, have flashed great form this year. Uh, You know, don't get me wrong there, but you know, their, their peaks were each of them five years ago. Uh, So, you know, I don't know how we're getting this guy in this range of the odds board. Uh, even more ridiculous than comparing Ricky Fowler and Keegan Bradley, his odds are 10 points higher than those of Keith Mitchell. Uh, riddle me that one. Uh, Sam Burns, uh, hovering around plus 5,500 here. Um, you know, this is the only person I'd consider uh, out here who is any higher than the plus 2,200 at which I'm betting Will Zalatoris. And again, Pretty sure the winner is coming from those top three guys. But Sam Burns at plus 5,500 here, plus 450 for a top 10. I'll absolutely be hammering that. Uh, you know, This is a PGA Tour winner, a uh, guy who has dominated at times on the PGA Tour, a uh, guy who has had success at Bay Hill Club and Lodge um, as recently as last year. Uh, you know, this T9 last year, excuse me, uh, Sam Burns at this number is – is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and you now he had a kind of a poor performance at the Genesis Invitational two weeks ago. He tied for sixth in this same field the week before the WM Phoenix Open. So Sam Burns, uh, I don't know what the sports books are doing. I don't know what anybody who's not betting him is doing. Um, I don't really, really care about his recent form or his form this year. Uh, 
that result in Phoenix, the T6 is good enough for me. Uh, and you know, a guy who has won PGA Tour events can turn it back on at any time. Uh, T9 last year, so yeah, Sam Burns at plus 5,500. Maybe keep waiting a little bit because that's up from plus 4,500 yesterday afternoon. So on Monday afternoon, so. You know, maybe we can get a plus 6,000 on Sam Burns and I'll be tripling back down at, at that number for sure. Yeah, these odds are bouncing all over the place, dude. When we started recording, Marikau Mar- was 2,200 yesterday, 1,800 when we started recording. Now he's up to 2,000. So it's just bouncing all around. You could get a better price than Sam Burns possibly in a few days um, to kind of strengthen or support your argument. He's third uh, in strokes game putting in this field, but it feels like he's the best putter in this field, right? He does. I mean, like Andrew Putnam and Taylor Taylor Montgomery technically rank ahead of him, but come on. They're not going to be putting for birdie a lot. I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, especially on Sunday, right? They, they can get uh, their two Thursday birdies and then, you know, see you next week. Uh, oh, one, yeah. one of the two, if not both of them, will not be there Sunday. Right. Uh, you know, yeah, Sam Burns, again, uh, thank you for supporting that pick. And again, you touched on the odds fluctuating. So again, like I, outside of these top three, I really don't hate the idea of waiting until Wednesday night or first thing Thursday morning mm-hmm. to bet anyone beyond them because every major book is just trying to get some attention on these, again, second tier golfers in the world rankings. Uh, Sam Burns is 14th in the world. He's covering at plus 5,500 right now just because you need some action on somebody not named Rom McIlroy or Scheffler. I'm on. Yeah, you talk about win equity. This surprises people because of where Sam Burns consistently is in the odds board, but he won three times last year. Like he won three times last season. So the guy can play. I cashed with him at the Valspar last year, Enosbrook. Another Florida swing con- uh, course. Um, like you said, he played well at the Arnold Palmer last year. Um, just putting lights out consistently, four strokes gained um, per event over his last five um, heading into this one. Um, he's really good in course history, uh, fourth in the, or comp course history, fourth in this entire field. And, you know, he's an LSU graduate, so you know he's played in Florida for I don't know, five, six, seven, eight years, you know, like in between college and however long he's been on the tour. So, you know, he knows his way around this track for sure. I don't hate that, especially well, at every the now price and then, point. Jeff, it, it just feels good to catch the books when they're the ones who screw up, right? And, you know, them hanging this number on Sam Burns just screams that they're about to screw up and you know you you just need a piece of it and again plus 5500 you don't need to be making your biggest bet of the week or of the season or of your life on sam burns this week just get a piece of them at that number because i'd hate to miss out on the one time where we're probably ever going to see him at this number like you say with jason day strong start from sam burns this is the last time we're seeing a number on him like this ever again going for Plus 210 to top 20. So drop a little sprinkle on the outright, hit them with a 220 uh, top 20. I don't hate those looks. Do not hate them. Um, this guy became my dude this year. I bet him at Farmers. He cashed it. Max Homa, plus 2200. I can't believe I'm about to say this about a golfer. This is a gritty, gritty motherfucker. Like he's going to find a way to make the cut. He's going to, like, you're going to see him hit some bad shots here or there. And then he's going to end up on the green in regulation. This guy is, is playing out of his ass. I or not out of his ass. That's the wrong expression, but he's playing well. I just like his whole vibe. I that's everyone kind of agrees. Like he's one of the more popular guys on tour, especially once you see his interviews and, and just kind of experience a Max Homa thing, but like him getting so emotional about losing the Genesis after winning the farmers two weeks prior, a couple weeks prior is like, you know what? That's, that's the kind of guy I want to go to battle with. That's the kind of guy I want to bet on. Like he wants to win every single tournament. He thinks he belongs in that Marakawa, Patrick Cantley, Xander, Tony Finau tier, and he still gets kind of treated like he's not. Now the sports books, I think, are hanging a good number. 
it's tough betting home at plus 2200 especially when you have JT at plus 2800 it is tough but like even when he doesn't play well he plays well like it's it's just a weird thing like I'm looking at my model right now and Homa's ninth on it right but he just doesn't suck in anything like he's not bad at anything he puts his ass off hits uh, hits it well on the wind right and I'm just I'm kind of going with the momentum here. Like I have Tory Pines as a comp course because it's it's tough to drive here. You got long rough. It's a it's a a majors quality course. I mean it was a it was the U.S. Open course. So I think Homa um, obviously has has legit win equity. Um, he's eighth in this field for bogey avoidance, second in scrambling, which just kind of speaks to the point where it's like. Even when he's playing bad, he kind of gets it done, right? So um, he struggled off the tee at Bay Hill, but still finished. Um, he finished 17th, tied for 17th last year, T10 in 2021, despite not doing well off the tee. So hopefully the experience of Bay Hill, this is his fourth time playing, it gives him enough experience to make a legit run in this, but... He's the one guy. Uh, there's another guy on my on my in my head that I would I'd feel bad about not betting. I can't not bet Homa. I'm I'm gonna take him. So that's where I'm at here. Any any thoughts on the on the Homa look? This is another where I'm certainly not gonna give you any trouble over it. Uh, I like the bet. We're getting a fine number here for him in terms of overall statistics, in terms of eyeball tests, and you know just general form and general vibes. He's probably the second hottest player in the world right now, other than John Rom. Right, like the last year, uh, almost a year, it's been crazy. The ascension of Max Homa, uh, phenomenal. Um, you know, he's played here three times before: T twenty four, T ten, T seventeen. You know that's good form. That's getting better at a very difficult golf course form. My one hang up in betting him this week is. He's a West Coast guy. His whole persona, his whole being is being a West Coast California guy. And that's where his early season success this year, the Farmers win, a good showing at the Genesis. Uh, you know, that's that's where that came. That came on the West Coast. I want to see a little more success in Florida from Max Homa, not just Florida, in Texas, wherever uh, as well. Uh, need to see a little more of that outside of California. And, you know, if I miss out on him this week, so be it. But I'm just, I just don't want an outright ticket. Uh, and I don't know if the value is really there in the other markets uh, as we dive into those more as the week goes on. But yeah, I, I can't criticize Max only. Like he's, he's a fun guy to root for. Absolutely. I, like, I, I'm happy to not have a ticket for him and Max Homa wins. Yay. Uh, heck yeah. Uh, but you know, it's not a bet for me this week. I just want to see that outside of Florida success, even though he's had pretty promising results here the last three years. Yeah, and he's done well at Quail Hollow, which is a comp course to this. Um, they actually didn't play last year's West, uh, well, excuse me, Wells Fargo Championship at, at Quail Hollow. It was played at TPC Potomac. But that's one of the other tougher courses on tour when it was last year, and, and he won that event, and it was a pretty stacked field. Your your pushback is fair, and it's justifiable about wanting to see him do it in the Florida courses or outside of California. But I part of him getting emotional about not winning in California or just being emotional about his game, I think he wants to, like, take that next step and I just like where his attitude is coming into it but yeah I mean there's a there is a very quality argument where it's like is he is he overpriced perhaps we'll see we'll see the last thing for me against Max Homa this week is coming into this year he's had zero success in any of the four majors he hasn't even been noticed in any of the four majors this is a major caliber field this is a major caliber golf course not quite yet the time for me to uh, bet Max Homa, uh, given those two conditions. Good stuff. Hey, all good. Uh, one of my other guys, dude, Sung J.M., can't help it. 
I'm going with him. Plus 3,500. Obviously going to hit him in top five, top 10. I don't know if top 20 is good. He's plus 125. Might just bet him top five, top 10, and hang on for dear life and, and, and sprinkle on him outright. He's plus 3,500 to win this tournament. He's six according to my model. He doesn't really drop below top 10 no matter how how I configure it. He's just solid through and through. Um, the big thing that I've noticed about Bay Hill, just by reading other golfers' interviews, them discussing the course, and just my course research, you need to score in the par fives. This guy is money in the par fives. He's fifth in par five scoring, and a big reason is because he's second and 200 yards plus with the uh, with the with the irons, so he, he's really good uh, driver in terms of accuracy. Not long off the tee, but honestly, like I think he'd prefer to like keep it in the fairway and be like, you know what, I'll try to stick it from 230. Doesn't matter, I can do that, right? So I like his temperament. Um, I like I like how his game fits this course. He has picked up six strokes tee to green um, on average over his last four events. That was despite not really playing that well at the Honda Classic, right? He's fourth in course history. He's 20th over the last two years, but he was plus seven strokes gain putting um, in both of those tournaments. He was third in 2019 and 2020 at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, plus 9.3 strokes per gain per Arnie Palmy Invitational T to green. So if he blends those performances together, uh, it's a top five, right? That's kind of what I'm thinking here. And his price point is a little low. Or to explain his plus 3,500 odds, it is because he hasn't really won one of these majors. He hasn't even won a big big tournament right even even max home has won the genesis right even whack max home has won the well fargo wells fargo championship uh sung jay's best his his two wins one's the shriners and i'm spacing out on the other one but again 18th in windy wind weather conditions 12th in comp courses he's very very just solid like he was what he, i think he had the first round he was the first round leader last year at the masters um he's just He's just an awesome golfer, and at this price point, I think he's undervalued. So I'm going to get to the window with Sung Jay um, because I need a win, and this guy this guy makes me money. Yeah, again, can't fault you. Uh, me not betting Sung JM is just personal preference, personal. I've been at the similar Jason Day. I've been hurt before. I don't want to, but any single golf course, any single event, Sung JM pops in the model, right? Uh, he just has one of those games, I guess, where it lends itself everywhere, uh, the things he's good at. And, you know, he's also a guy who plays a lot of events that a lot of other people don't. He plays pretty much every week on the fall swing. He played the shitty Honda Classic last week, uh, you know, which gives him a slight edge over some of these other guys this week is that he's played in Florida this year. Yep. These other top teams. Top names we haven't seen since the Genesis in California. So, yeah, maybe that's what gives him an edge. Maybe that's what's given him an edge the last four years when he's played here and finished well. Uh, but, you know, as someone who handicaps golf and touts golf picks and writes a weekly golf article, let's call it a little bit of writer's fatigue where, you know, I can't recommend betting on Sung JM for the eighth week in a row when he didn't win the last seven weeks, right? That's essentially the only reason i'm not betting on him this week but while giving that explanation i gave another three points to your 12 why you can bet on sung jm to win the the invitation my favorite part about sung jay is the fact that you've been burned by him people have been burned by him this kid's 24 (laughs) like like that's how well he or how long he's been playing like world class golf is like you've you've went through stages with Sung Jay and the kid's only twenty four years old. Like Yeah. Will Zalatoris is older than Sung J M. Uh, Max Homa is older than Hideki Matsuyama. Uh that's my favorite golf fact of twenty twenty three when I stumbled upon that one. Um yeah, uh these 
Korean and Japanese golfers are coming over so much younger than it takes for a lot of these American golfers to break through uh, because they get their exemption and first invites off of good performance on the Asian tour. And then they come over here and they're just as good as these older Americans immediately. Um, they're like legit so, uh, playing to not do like army service in like South Korea. Like the dude's like trying to win so he can keep golfing, you know? He still needs an Olympic medal, uh, I believe. And yeah, uh, wild to me. But yeah, uh, you know, I unfortunately at 24 years old, I have some JM fatigue. And that's my only reason to not recommend betting on him this week. I may wednesday night you know sneak in a little backdoor bed of my own and not tell anybody about it and then yeah. just brag about it <laughs> yeah i do that i'm gonna end up like just sprinkling on thomas dietry under the under the <laughs> radar <laughs> well maybe not him since he four putted <laughs> inside of five feet last week at the honda and just pretty much walked from the green to his car i was like all right i'm good here i'm i'm done in this one um, I, while I got you, hopefully I can keep you for a couple more minutes. Essen. I just want to couple, bounce a couple names off you and under the thinking, like these are guys who I'm, I'm going to kick myself for not betting Shane Lowry, Shane Lowry's course history is a joke. It's, it's absolutely terrible, right? He sucks on Bermuda. He's not very good on firm and fast greens. That being said, and because of which he's 26 on my my power rankings here, he's fourth in my stats model. Former major champion, went pretty well last week at the Honda Classic. I think he lives like 20 minutes from this course. I guess a lot of these guys do, whatever, right? But, I mean, he was 11 strokes tee to green last week at the Honda, seven at the Genesis. Like, this guy has a, a... a third last year at the Masters. Like, he's as legit as it gets. And these Florida tracks outside of the Arnold Palmer, he does really well. He's 13 last year at the Valspar, third, or 12th at the Valspar, 13th at the at the players. Um, going back to my, my model, my stats, fourth in all my stats, seventh in approach, uh, 10th in ball striking, fourth in par five scoring. As I'm talking about it, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna bet him. Like, just throw a little sprinkle on him. Any thoughts on Shane Lowry? If not, is there a golfer that you almost got to the window on that you're, you're, you're gonna be sitting there Friday being like, damn it, I should have bet him. Yeah. So first off, zero thoughts on Shane Lowry. Uh, you're you're on your own on that one. I, I don't want a piece of it. Four appearances here, four miscuts. <laughs> yeah, he did okay last week as the third best golfer in the field by the official golf ranking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so technically pretty disappointing. Um, you know, for an Irishman, for an Open Championship winner, has kind of struggled in his last few wind bad weather events stateside. Um, you know, probably fluky stuff that's not uh, going to forever plague him. But yeah, enough to sh- turn me away here. Um, you know. My only bets thus far uh, are on McElroy, Zalatoris, um, and Sam Burns, as I said. Again, maybe I'm going to try to slide a Sung JM bet under the rug before Thursday's tea times. But looking at the odds board again here, and I can't talk the way I talked about this price on Sam Burns and pay no attention to the plus 4,000 for Cameron Young uh, this year. And this is the guy reigning PGA Tour Rookie of the Year. Pretty much everybody with a Twitter account and who cares at all about golf was betting this guy every single week he was playing last year. I haven't really seen his name on Twitter in golf articles in anywhere in 2023. Uh, you know, his form hasn't been as good as it was for most of last year, sure. But you, know, you can't have the credentials he has, the recognition he has, the top finishes he has in big events. And then ignore him at this number just because he hasn't played his best golf through eight weeks of the season, right? Like, and he's, he's not playing every single week. This is a guy who's already choosing to play only the big events. So, you know, yeah, if you're only playing every second, third week, you can turn it on uh, at any time, regardless of your finish in those previous two events when those can date back 
a month or more. So yeah, plus 4,000 for Cameron Young, you know, everyone was raving and rightfully so about this guy's play off the tee last year. Well, you know where that helps Bay Hill club and lodge. Um, you know, we're going to see how the weather might impact him here. Let's drag up his course history for a second. Um, yeah, T13 finish in his debut at a very difficult major caliber golf course this year. And last year, as a rookie on the PGA Tour, he was making his debut at a lot of very de- de- uh, difficult courses. And he was in contention in a lot of major championships. So, yeah, plus 4,000 for Cameron Young. Um, and you know, it takes one finish, and then all of a sudden he's plus 1,500 in the next elevated field event. Um Next week of the Players Championship, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of books have had early odds posted for the Players Championship, and one of the first years I've seen that happen. Uh, some books had them as early as the first week of January, and you know I, I bet Cameron Young early for the Players Championship, so I can't do that. Talk about it in the way I just did, and and not bet plus four thousand. That's uh, again one of those once in the season type of numbers. This was back when. I think Brooks Kepka was plus 3,000 or so when he won the Phoenix Open for the second time, and he was in bad form going into that. But he was still a four-time major winner, and he won the event at plus 3,000. So, again, that's going back to targeting in these fields. You target the top three guys or one of them, and then you target the numbers that are either outliers from other books or are just these once-a-season balloon numbers on guys who maybe their form isn't as good as those top three golfers in the world. They get a win or they get a top five and that number plummets for the rest of the year. So uh, I don't want to miss out on the best opportunity I'm ever going to get to bet on Cameron Young. No, I hear that. I was watching highlights of Bryson DeChambeau's win over at, at, at the Arnold Palmer, and there was this one tee shot. I forget what hole it is. I want to say it's like 16 or 17 where there's just a big ass like lake and Almost everyone goes to the right side of the fairway, pretty much laying up. And Bryson DeChambeau crushed one over the lake and put it on the other green. And really, there's like four or five guys in the world that can that can duplicate that. We're talking Cameron Young. We're talking John Rahm. We're talking Rory McIlroy. So, like, to kind of, like, further support your point and to, like, kind of put a, a, a bow on it, Cam Young, like, He's one of the few golfers in the world that can almost overpower every course. Like, even even these, right? So, I don't hate that look at all. I, I love Cam Young. I bet him and Cam Smith to win the Open. I was freaking out. Like, I was freaking out. Like, dude, that, I still say that tee shot that he hit at 18 at the Open was one of the greatest golf shots I've ever seen, where he put it on the green, 15 feet away, 410 yards like off the tee, like, and then sank the eagle. Whereas Cam Smith needed to birdie that hole to win. It was, it was so awesome. So I have a soft spot in my heart for Cam Young. The one pushback I'll give you is that in these elevated events, even if he does top ten, like he's still probably going to be in the Marikawa Cantley range at, at worst or at best, depending on how you look at it. But it's you're not going to get plus four thousand again if he does well here. So that 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 is a good look. Last name I want to talk about here, Victor Hovland. So Victor Hovland was second last year here, and I read in my course research. I read Roy McIlroy talked about how they changed the greens and the rough around the greens. They got rid of runoffs and they just added like thick rough around the greens. And he thinks that hurts the players with better with with a better short game. Everyone knows Victor Hovland's biggest weakness is chipping and around the green. And he, Corey Connors, and someone else who's just notoriously terrible around the greens all picked up strokes around the greens last year at Olin Palmer. So like they kind of muted the the short game struggles that a lot of golfers have and the Arnold Palmer just by making adjustments to last year's course. So between his ball striking, between I still kind of think he belongs in the Marikawa tier, maybe maybe slightly below, I, I think his, what is it, plus 3,000 is a pretty good number. Again, plus 2,800, excuse me. Again, not going to get to the window on it, 
but it is someone I, I I'm I'm flirting with a little bit. I've I've texted him. He still we're still matches on Tinder, and I'm 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 open to going out on that first date. But I don't know if I can. I don't know if I'll end up uh, hanging out. What do you think about Hovland or anything? Yeah, uh, this is another one. Like I love Hovland coming into every single new calendar year because he always finishes the previous year by picking up a win or a couple of top tens, top fives on the DP world tour. Always come in thinking he's in great form. I always bet him early in January. Uh, This was the second year in a row. I bet him in the WM Phoenix open. Yet left disappointed. You get a little bit spurned. You lay off for one too many weeks and then he pops off with his next win. And that's kind of been Victor Hovland's career thus far where he hasn't been able to, string together the results that we as golf fans golf betters expect from him just because he's so good at the things that matter most such a good iron player uh so good as she approached so good as she to green he just sucks so much at chipping the golf ball and <laughs> at this venue with these greens how heavily sloped they are how strong they are with the threat of wind that can roll a golf ball off of uh, flat, firm greens like these, or sorry, sloped from greens like these, that scares me with Victor Hovland. I, his entire career thus far, uh, when he hasn't won, when everyone thinks he should win, it's because he loses 2.34 strokes putting, or chipping, excuse me, around the greens. Um yeah, that's that's my hang up with Victor Hovland. It's it's a no for me. Um but again, uh with a Max Homo where a guy I don't have a ticket, he wins. Hey, I, I can be happy with that. And you know, I'll, I have a futures on him for the players championship next week. Um so let's hope he finishes top five here, lowers that number for next week, and I come off uh looking smarter for a change. Well, I think you look smart throughout this entire podcast, and I honestly could sit here and talk about this shit with you for another three hours, but I have to get to the gym. <laughs> um, I haven't went in days, and I'm just expanding. Um, so just a quick recap. I, I am I am, I am, am back in my dudes, Colin Marikawa, Sung J.M., Max, Max Homo, who's quickly becoming my dude. Um, I'm... I'm, I'm I'm opening my heart to Jason Day and I'm 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 probably going to be burned, hopefully not. And I just made a decision that you talked me into Sam Burns. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to do a starting 5 and Sam Burns is going to be there. He doesn't really pop on my numbers outside of the 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 comp courses and the putting, but he's got real win equity and I'm just kind of I'm just kind of feeling it. I'm just looking at Sam Burns like, yeah, you made me money at Valspar last year. Why not, buddy? He made me money. Where was he? He 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 did really well in a recent tournament. And I cashed on him. I I think it was I think it was the waste management. If that makes if that's that's true. I don't know. Either way, he talked me into Sam Burns. You you mentioned it a few times already, but just just uh, give your picks again, real quick. Yeah, Roy McIlroy plus a thousand, Mozilla Torres plus twenty two hundred, Sam Burns plus fifty five hundred can probably hold off on that one if you want i think it does get a little bit higher just because of how it's gone this week and you know talking about it on this show uh cameron young at plus four thousand. but with those latter two specifically and you brought it up with sam burns because of how high the outright numbers are for these top tier golfers in the world rankings we're actually getting pretty decent money on them in the top 20 markets right like usually you're getting plus 210 on a guy like uh, Charles Howell's gone now. Yeah, like Kurt you know, Kidiyama or some Hogi, shit. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually we're out here betting Tom Togi at plus 210 for a top 20. We can bet plus 210 for Sam Burns top 20. Absolutely. Uh, have a keen eye on those markets this week. And any top 20 golfer in the world rankings, if they're better than plus 150 in the top 20 market, you got to get a piece of that. All right, dude. Well, you crush it in golf. Uh, I really appreciate you stopping by. We're going to get you back on for another golf uh, tournament eventually. Uh, But you do other stuff besides golf. Where can people find that other stuff or just the golf uh, handicaps? 
sportsbookreview.com, a senior publishing editor. I focus in golf writing, golf betting, uh, but the site does everything, uh, every major sport. So yeah, uh, check out sportsbookreview.com for fair and unbiased reviews of this top legal sportsbooks. <laughs> All right, homie, thanks for joining uh, the Hot Links Golf Betting Podcast here on the Outkick Bets podcast feed. Show me some love. Follow Essen at on Twitter. Where What is it? At Eston McLaren, uh, E-S-T-E-N-M-C-L-A-R-E-N. All right, show us some love on social media, and please leave me a nice review on Apple or Spotify. Peace. Peace.